earlier this week, a couple of got an email from our brother Jay, and he was leaving quickly to fly back to, I believe, Indiana to see some of his friends that he has endeared himself to within the Amish community back there. But it was not a vacation trip. It was not a fun trip. One of the women during birth had passed away. The baby lived, but the mother died. And here, I thought about that in relation to the lesson today, and, and some of the thoughts we'll share at the beginning. And at Mother's Day, even though it's a day to celebrate and appreciate mothers, and, and it should be, and it always has been, Mother's Day is many times a day of great pain uh, for probably more women than we would like to think about. I want you to look at the back of the notes that Argod has handed out to you today. I ran across this this week. Um, it's simply entitled, Mother's Day is Hard. We see you. And I think as we honor mothers today, especially here at the Lake Merced Church, we need to acknowledge the reality of how this day is seen by many women. And we need to honor and acknowledge this. Uh, it's a day of great pain for mothers who have lost children. It's a day of pain for mothers who are estranged from their kids. It's a day of difficulty for those who can't have kids and want to. It's a day of difficulty for people who were adopted. They have difficulty for those who lost a sibling with whom you shared your mother. It's a day of difficulty for people who have chose not to have children. How do they get through the day? Especially painful for people who have lost mothers. Very hard for people who are estranged from their mothers. Hard for people who have lost their parenting partner. Extremely difficult for mothers who have gave up someone for adoption. It's even hard for those who have lost someone who made you feel special as a mom. And simply it's difficult at times for all the other ways Mother's Day hurts. I think in our culture today, our culture is trying to acknowledge that maybe some things that we've celebrated or reveled in or looked at one way need to be looked at in other ways. And we need to try to do that today uh, and think about how this day affects many people, um, though it is right and good to honor those who honor their mother on this day for all the right and good reasons. Um, we need to see the day not just how Hallmark sees the day or how Teleflora sees the day or other parties like that, but to tread lightly and think how others may see the day and look at it broadly. And I decided today simply to talk about Mother's Day for All, to try to embrace this idea that we look at it from different directions. And I want to just look at, in a quick way, at 
the biblical teaching on honoring mothers to see the different ways in which that is done. And perhaps that is the best way is God's people to capture the day. Mother's Day is not specifically a biblical day, but there's teaching all throughout Scripture on the role of mothers. And there's examples of mothers, and most notably the mother of Jesus giving a lot, uh, given a lot of attention in Scripture and uh, the place that she had in God's plan to save mankind. Eve, the first woman, is called the mother of all living. So very significant statements and teachings about mothers in Scripture. So today we'll look at some of that teaching on uh, honoring mothers. First, I want to see what is the predominant teaching in Scripture about mothers, and that is how they're uh, to be seen, and that is mothers are to be honored, and those that have mothers are to honor them, and we should honor mother figures. It is not just biological mothers, though that is the first sense of the understanding of the meaning mother, but not only biological mothers, but adoptive mothers, stepmothers, and especially in our culture now, mother figures need to be honored by us. Look at this first commandment, um, or not first commandment, but this first passage uh, in the Ten Commandments. Here God's foundational teaching for the nation of Israel involves one of the primary ten instructions being how to relate to your parents. Here Moses speaks as he speaks for God, honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Let me just read that again. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord is giving you. What's interesting about this commandment is it's repeated under the new covenant. Uh, we know as believers that the first covenant that we often call the Old Testament was given uh, to the Jewish people to follow, to guide them till the time that the, God planned for the Savior to come. And we are now under what is called the New Covenant. But yet we find certain teachings of the first covenant um, repeated in the New Covenant. That is, they're to have ongoing emphasis. Some teachings like the Sabbath day and uh, the sacrificial system regarding animals, that has been now set aside. But this commandment to continue honoring one's mother continues on. Look at Ephesians chapter uh, 6, verse 2. Here the Apostle Paul speaking uh, through the Spirit of God. He says this in verse 1 of chapter 6 to these Christians, many, many years later from the Ten Commandments. He says in chapter 6, verse 1 of Ephesians, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Then verse 2, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, so that it may go well with you and so that you may enjoy long life on the earth. So here the commandment is quoted verbatim in verse 2. That is, you honor your father and mother, and it's referred to as a commandment. He says, keep on doing this. We find also there's a reason given for honoring your father and mother, not just because it's a special thing to do or because mothers really like it uh, when you honor them on one day or all the days. But here Paul says it's the first commandment with a promise. Here it's highlighted as being different uh, than the other commandments. And the first one that says it's going to be in your best interest to do this. 
Again, it says, verse 2, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, so that it might go well with you, and that you might enjoy long life on the earth. Here God tells, first of all, Israel and the children of parents, hey, you make sure you properly respect your parents because it's good for you. Because if you live recklessly with them or you disregard them or you ignore what they say or you think you know better, you're going to suffer. Yes, you might hurt their feelings and create frustration, but you're going to suffer. At least look out for yourselves. And he says also that you will live a long life on the earth. Many lives are ended prematurely by a son or daughter's reckless or foolish actions where they involve themselves in activities, they're just the opposite of what their mother told them to do. And they have a shortened life because it was ended because of something they did in opposition to what they were instructed to do growing up. Well, what does this honor look like? Well, honor should reflect the stage of one's life in connection to their mother. Honor should reflect the stage of one's life in connection to the mother. In other words, it's going to look different depending on how old you are. First off, you're a child. It says in verse 1 here of Ephesians 6, verse 1, and the presumption is a child living in the home with the parents. Children do what? Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And then the very next statement is, honor your father and mother. I'm going to preach a little bit just to Audrey and Oliver. I told them we're going to save out a certain part of the sermon for them because they live at home. They're the only kids right here except for our uh, visiting ones that might be younger and living at the home. God's basically saying to Audrey and Oliver, you have one job. That is, listen to your mother and father. And today, the emphasis is upon your mother. God doesn't say you have to like it or that you want to do what they say, or you agree with it, he just says, do it. And he says, it's in your best interest to do it. Makes it very clear and simple for children at home. Your one job is to obey your parents, and you honor them by doing so. That's what God has given you to do. So that's for younger children. It's hard, it's difficult, but God says, you just do it. He says, obey your parents in the Lord, because it is right. It is the thing children at home are to do. Obey their parents. Then he just goes on, end of discussion. <laughs> no more argument, just do it. And that's what God's looking for. He's not looking for a whole 10 hours of prayer that week from you. He's not looking for you to clean your room necessarily or do a bunch of fancy things. Just do what your mom and dad said. If someone is a young adult, this probably simply means respect. The presumption is you're not living at home, but that doesn't mean you've ended all connection to your parents. And if one is married, uh, Scripture says you leave your father and mother and you cling unto your spouse. Well, that doesn't mean you ignore now your mother and father, but you have a different relationship with them. You don't listen to them first. You seek to please your spouse and have a good relationship, but you still respect your mom and dad. Uh, respect would manifest itself in calling, uh, contacting, communicating, uh, listening to when they still want to tell you what to do, but they don't necessarily have the role responsibility anymore, or they can't make you do like they used to be able to do, but you still listen. Because no one's going to care about you more than your mother. 
And no one's going to speak the truth to you more than your mother will. Not a school teacher, not a friend, uh, not someone in college that you just met five minutes ago. Your mother's always going to have a care for you that no one else has. That doesn't mean they're always right or they say things just the way you want to hear them, but it does indicate there's a degree of love that's always going to be there that a mother will have. So you ought to respect them for that, which means listen. Even though it might be hard to think, hear things you don't agree with, or maybe you know it's kind of true, but you just don't like hearing it. Uh, you re show respect by listening. Honoring your father and mother, if you're an older adult, um, is repaying them for what they've done. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 4. Here Paul is teaching about different responsibilities within the church uh, that Timothy is to be teaching on. And he talks about different role relationships. I'll begin with verse 1 and we'll go through uh, verse 4. But notice here there's a responsibility of children, even though they're older, to still honor their father and mother. Verse 1, 1 Timothy 5 says, Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. Verse 3 now. Give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. Verse 4. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn, first of all, to put the religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents for this is pleasing to God. Let me just read that verse again, verse 4. But if a widow or has children or grandchildren, these should learn first of all to put the religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents for this is pleasing to God. So here, just because you're out of the home doesn't mean you're out of responsibility. As parents age and uh, are not able to do the things they used to be able to do, don't think as clearly as they used to think, and believe me, to those parents, it's more frustrating to them than it is to you to not be able to do things that they used to be able to do. Yesterday I had the opportunity to work with my mother, mother where she lives in Sacramento, trying to get her air conditioning control set right because it turned hot, and a little frustrating to figure out how all those buttons work, let alone to see them. Then deal with a computer that's all of a sudden running real slow because you thought Ace Hardware sent you a legitimate email and you were going to get tools at a reduced price, but you really clicked on a link that now has messed up your computer. And she just assumed people wouldn't do something like that, but they do on the computer. Trying to figure out a remote that has all these buttons with numbers that are way too small to see and don't make any sense. And then to try to get on customer support with people that are sending you all over the place and giving you conflicting information that you can't even hear that well on their messages. That is the frustrating life of older adults and many times our parents and most notably at times our mothers. If you're an older child, your patience with them, you're helping them with these difficulties, not just grabbing something out of their hands and let me do it, but helping them work through it. Helping them figure it out, and at times it's here, I'll take care of it, so you don't have to 
stress out over this. But doing that respectfully and kindly as you speak, that is the job of us that are older, us that are 58, like myself. Because God says that is pleasing. He says don't put it off on the government. He doesn't say don't put it off on the church. He says those who have parents and the grandchildren too, get them involved. Don't expect other people to do this. That's how honoring mothers would look like. And if someone is a significantly older adult, it may involve you taking a, a very elderly parent even into your own home or living with them or making a major adjustment in life because that is simply the best thing for your parent in doing that. The honoring continues in life, it just looks differently. But sometimes people have had flawed mothers that made mistakes and did things when the child was younger that hurt the child. Sometimes it's hard to honor maybe a parent that did not parent as you wish they would have. And maybe even later in life they wish they would have. But they had their own pain that they'd grown up with and didn't read all the books and have all the things you see on YouTube now that help you. And they just did what they could do to survive. And maybe they were the victim of someone else's mistreatment. And that's why you may have been mistreated. You can still honor what you can. Honor that they took care of you or they made sure you're in the right place at the right time or they did more for you than what you've seen other parents perhaps do or mothers. But you can always find something to honor. This idea of estranging yourself from your mother or not calling or speaking or holding a grudge for 20 years just doesn't fit anywhere in Scripture if you're trying to be pleasing to God. Maybe your mother's now absent from your life. They died far before you ever thought they would. Or you knew their passing would come, but it's still painful. And so many older adults honor the memory of a mother in different ways, whether it be a, a picture on the wall <laughs> behind them in a Zoom meeting, or a book, or letters that, that she wrote to you, and things like that. There's different ways to preserve and hold on to things that are valuable as a manifestation of honoring your parent, or someone that chose to parent you because the biological parent was not available to do so. Honor these people in different ways that you can. Scripture simply says it's the right thing to do, and we please God when we do so. So that's our first responsibility regarding mothers. They don't want a card or flowers as much as they want your respect and attention and love. Make sure you always remember that. And if you've had a mother figure, a neighbor, a family friend, a relative that kind of stepped in where your mom could not always be there perhaps to listen or to care or give a ride. Honor them too. They were a mother figure in your life. Extremely value. And a lot of people have mother figures that they're glad were there at the right time to fill in spaces, if you will, where the mother could not be there or was not there. Second, today, honor yourself if a mother or mother figure, honor yourself. And this day is a day of great pain for uh, many mothers because they will get no card. There may or may not be a phone call. There may or may not be a text. There may or may not be a dinner. And then to be around other people of their age that, oh, the children, all my children, all, 
all 20 of my kids are coming over today. <laughs> or, oh, I got all these calls. You didn't get any as a mother. Or you didn't get what you'd like to have got. It's hard. And sometimes mothers, you're just going to have to honor yourself. Or a mother figure where you knew you played an important role in a younger person's life. You just might have to honor yourself in doing so by seeing what God says about you and has written in his card that you maybe didn't get from someone you were hoping you were getting to. I want to look at God's card. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 31. Book of Proverbs chapter 31, this last chapter from verses 10 through 31 honors the role of a wife and a mother. And things are said about those roles that are honorable. And I just want to read this last part about motherhood. And what a mother often does, or a mother figure does for a child. It says, verse 27, she watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, verse 30, and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Shame on children that do not honor their older parents and do not call and communicate. And mothers especially who have to endure this day rather than enjoy the day. But to those mothers and mother figures, know assuredly that God saw every sacrifice you did for your children when they were growing up. God knows, mothers, everything you went without. Or mother figures, everything you did when you saw a needy child down the street that was home alone way too much. But you were a welcoming place to a child that was not your own. Or that you wrote a note of encouragement as a mother figure to a child or you made sure they got to maybe a religious event where they could learn about God uh, because no one else was bringing them. All these little things that others have forgotten or didn't pay sufficient attention to, God paid attention to every moment. And I know many mothers as mother figures who do so many good things for children. I work with many of them with difficult-to-deal children. They'll sit and patiently help them with their math and their English and their history. And when their emotions are on edge, they'll know just the right thing to de-escalate. And I have people that I work with that will go on a walk with a teenage girl that's absolutely frustrated because her life is a mess and it has nothing to do with her choices. And those are mother figures that are powerful. You do not need to have born a child to have children. And I can think of older women in the church in Napa growing up that took me aside when my mom and dad did not see something I did. The John, you know better than that. And I remember that to this day. Or teachers that called me out on something that were female. Or people that tried to take me aside at different times in life to help me see something I wasn't seeing. And how blessed I am because of that. And if you've done that, and especially as a mother, 
No one else is acknowledging it. God is. He saw it all. He knows the value of what you invested. Even if someone didn't respond to it, they didn't listen, they did the opposite of what you said, God still saw it, and you did the right thing that God wants you to do as a mother or mother figure. But if you are a mother, children are your greatest treasure. Don't buy for a moment this lie that your greatest investment is in the work world or doing something and trying to be just like men in this area or that area. Your biggest thing you can do is bringing a human being into the world and raising them and shaping them. And as a mother figure, using all your skills of your character to shape human lives. There's women I work with that will say things to students that I just can't say or I can't get across the right way or they'll lovingly approach someone that I'm frustrated with and use all of the strength of their character to help me in a situation as a man to, to help a student who's desperately in need of doing the right thing in that moment. But again, if you bore a child, gave birth to them and all the pain of that, and your care never ends, know that you have your greatest treasure in that child. Even if they've chosen their own choices, they'll never forget. You're always in their head, mother. Don't ever think for a moment your child can block you out. They never can. In fact, when they're doing their worst stuff, that's when your voice is the loudest and they're running from it. You invested them and they know it. Again, mother figures, you have a priceless role in a starving culture. I want to look back at Titus uh, before we leave this point. Because again, I want to keep going back to mother figures because... At times I want to say we're in a dying culture, and there's plenty of evidence for that. But if that's too strong, we're for sure in a starving culture. And I'm a public school teacher, and I'm seeing it before my very eyes. Where young people are starving for mature, adult attention and love and care and boundaries. And if you're a mother figure, you have a priceless and needed role. And look how Titus calls upon women in general to play a role in the lives of other people. Verse 1 beginning, uh, Titus chapter 2, here's what Paul is telling Titus, you need to be preaching on this. This needs to be your sermon. Verse 1, he says, You, however, must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine. Teach the older men to be temperate, that means self-controlled, worthy of respect, self-controlled, and sound in faith, in love, and endurance. Verse 3, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Verse 4, then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home and to be kind and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. Here the teaching is to women and he says here, the older women, you have a role, you have a wealth of experience and wisdom that you've attained, and instead of sitting back and pulling your hair out when you things, see things going awry with the younger generation and gossiping about them or scolding them in front of other older women, say, hey, man, here's, here is maybe something where I can go out to lunch with somebody that could sure use maybe just some listening ears, or I can just share, here's what I did and my relationships Paul's telling Titus, teach the older women they still have a contribution. It's not that when men and women get older, they get less valuable, they get more valuable. They've seen and done things, they've learned their own lessons the hard way. I sure have. 
And you can spare a younger person from having to learn a lesson the hard way. You can tell them, hey, I see what's coming here. I see you saying something. I see you doing something. That, let me tell you, because <laughs> I, see, I see me and you, but I want to show you another way. Especially in relationships that are so challenging today. If you see a place where here, I, I think I can step in. That doesn't mean you, you get all high and mighty and scoldy and blah, 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 blah. Just say, hey, give a big hug and build a relationship with a younger woman as a, an, an older woman and they'll value that because our culture is starving. But honor that role you have because you can say things that no one else can say. Sometimes not a man for sure and for sure not a younger, another younger woman but you can say something valuable. So honor yourself as a mother or mother figure. Finally this morning, seize opportunities to mother. Seize opportunities to mother. And you don't have to have a biological child to mother. Again, Paul tells Titus, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Well, he says they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, be self-controlled, pure, busy at home, kind, so subject to their husbands, so that no one will malign the word of God. In other words, he's saying there's all kinds of things you can do to be helpful, to seize an opportunity as a mother. Again, he says that to older women, not just older mothers. But that's a challenge. Because like I said earlier, you don't just step in when you're really frustrated. And no one likes being yelled at or talked down to. But boy, you get a lot of wisdom when you're older to kind of, again, as I said earlier, step alongside. Or a card of encouragement where you say, I know you're going through a tough time now. I can see it in your eyes. And women especially are perceptive of the emotions of other women and people in general. And what uh, You can't fool women about some things. They can see things and feel things and sense things and perceive things unlike any other. And... Here Paul says to older women, if you're living right and you're not slanders and out doing the opposite thing, you can be of great benefit to people that need you desperately. And to people that are most willing to listen, that is younger women. Paul doesn't say here, you, you shake your head at the TV and say, oh, we're just, oh, it's just all going to hell in a handbasket. And oh, it's worse now than it's ever been. And enough of that. He's kind of saying you do something about it within the community that you live in. You don't have to start a crusade. You don't have to write a book or edit a YouTube video, but you can just befriend a younger woman that sure could use some help. He says that's valuable. But that's seizing an opportunity. He says if you're going to teach what is good, you've got to see it and kind of find the way to communicate it. It could be a text, it could be a call, card, friendship, breakfast at Denny's together, something like that. But it's a moment. And just as we end, I want to look at just some quick references of women that seize the moment. Uh, the first one is Acts chapter 9. We're going to see where blessings are needed. Here in Acts chapter 9, with all the miracles that were happening and the teaching of the gospel and the spread of Christianity, Luke, through the Holy Spirit's influence, points out something that was done for one woman by the name of Tabitha. 
Acts chapter 9, verse 36. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name was Dorcas. She was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died. And her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa, and so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and said, Urge him, please come at once. Verse 39, Peter went to them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him, crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room, and he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning towards the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. And then he called for the other believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. Here's a woman that was always doing good, Luke records. Not gossiping, slandering, sitting around, but always doing good, helping the poor. That is, doing what she could do in her setting in life. And then when she did die, this premature death, it says all the widows were in tears and they were showing Peter, here's all the things she made for us when she was alive. And here we find Peter goes, prays over here and uses the power that God gave him to bring her back to life. And I thought, here, here's a scene of someone that needs to be resurrected <laughs> right now. Not in the end, final resurrection, but right now because she's so needed as a woman. Again, seize opportunities to be a blessing to others. And do that especially as a mother or mother figure. But mother figures have this strength, and that's exactly what Tabitha was being. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8, the Apostle Paul talks about his care for the Thessalonian church, and he says, Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Paul, in describing his care for the Thessalonians, he pulls in the care that he sees a mother have for her children. He says, that's what we tried to show you, implying there's no deeper care. And When you can mother either as a mother of your own child, or if you're a mother figure not having your own children, or they have grown, you can still be this great blessing in the lives of others. Even by modeling what true care and concern looks like. And then in 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3 and 5. Paul honors, actually 2 Timothy, Paul honors the mother of Timothy and his grandmother. He says, verse 3, 2 Timothy 3, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience, night and day. I constantly remember you. He's talking to Timothy. I constantly remember you in my prayers, recalling your tears. I long to see you so that I might be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. Here, Paul 
personally cites the mother and the grandmother of Timothy and talks about the sincere faith that was first in them, but they've imparted to him. And now he's teaching in the church at Ephesus, and he has two letters written to him. And though he has struggles, Paul works with him, and he cites later on how that Timothy learned the scriptures from his mother. And if your mother's bringing you to church, you are the richest child on earth. Or if you have a mother or a woman in your life that encourages you to go a spiritual direction, that share scripture with you, even if they can't really get you to church because they aren't that connected, but they're sharing spiritual things with you or they're saying things that God honors, you're blessed because of that. And for mothers and mother figures today, seize the opportunities with children going the opposite direction. Ask for God's wisdom on how to say it the right way or how to intervene because we don't want to do too much or get in the wrong way in someone's business, but ask for God's wisdom because your presence and your wisdom is desperately needed in our culture. And I say that again as a school teacher. It's not going the right direction. And unless people step up, and men too, Father's Day lessons not too far away, we're not going to be here much longer in a healthy way. You have something to give. If you're a mother today, you've already given it. If your kids are grown, but if your kids are there in the house, you're still giving it. You're sacrificing yourself to bless your children, which will bless this community, this culture, and this world. Never forget that, even if others do. God's written his card to you. It's right here. Of how valuable you are. As we leave here today, may God bless us and However we struggle to remember our mothers or honor them, respect them, and may God bless you with an avenue and how to do it. And may God bless us with conviction about who we are. If something good was instilled in you by your mother, you treasure that. Because some didn't get much. Their mothers maybe didn't have much to give because they had their own challenges. But if you have something you can hold tight to, honor and respect that today. Pass it on to somebody else that you encounter, a young person especially, that needs that. And God will honor you for that. You're putting your religion into practice. Just a moment, we're going to sing a song to encourage us to keep walking God's way in this life. And that, as we learned today, affects our relationships, our roles that we have as people, as men and women. It affects everything. Everything is addressed and nothing's left untouched in our lives. May God continue to touch the areas that need addressing, sometimes just to provoke us to be more what we can be in the role that we live. And a lot of that starts right at home.